Hey guys, welcome to the Wallet Podcast. I'm James Marshall and thanks for tuning in to another episode. As always, this episode is brought to you by our awesome partners, Pure Sport CBD, Straight Face Razors, Regan Todd at Todd's Racing, Pomeroy's Coffee who have come on with Waterlad Coffee Bean and look out for Waterlad Tea coming soon. And last but not least, the Lad merch, which is all but gone now. So thanks to anyone who brought some of that or any of those products that were just mentioned. There's some great discounts to be had. So if you want to get your hands on any of those products, head over to waterlad.com and click the appropriate partner to go get your discount. Anyway, I've got a great Lad on for you today. So let's roll the intro. Righto, guys, today I have a man considered a legend within our family. He's been on the Waterlad podcast before in season one where he produced a highly downloaded episode. And now with his recent announcement, signing back with his beloved Tasman Marco, he is coming back on. And in a recent poll that I put up on the Instagram page, 89% of you asked for this guy to come back on. It is, of course, the one and only Thomas Guthrie. Marshall, welcome, Toe. Thanks, mate. Um, thanks for having me back on the podcast. I know you had a lot of other guests that were keen to jump on here, so I feel like a, a real honour to be back on the podcast and in the new shed. Yeah, family first, eh? I mean, lots of guys were keen to come out to Mapua and come into the new studio, but um, thought I'd better give you the test run first. What do you reckon? No, it's pretty good um, for a fairly amateur podcast you're running a very professional <laughs> studio it's, uh, it's bloody good fake it till you make it eh? <laughs> right. Right, anyway last time you were on the podcast you were about to head off to japan so how was japan for you yeah it was um an experience i suppose um pretty tough one with covid and and whatnot not a lot of freedom whilst you we were over there um pretty hard kind of a lifestyle for my wife Beth and uh, young young son Chase. Um, they spent a lot of their time in the apartment um, just with uh, with COVID. It wasn't wasn't great socially. Mm. Um, rugby wise, it was a good experience. Lucky enough to have a couple of lads over there and TJ and Banksy. Um, so spent a fair bit of time with them and to be honest, really enjoyed the rugby. It was a refreshing change from the UK, which was, you know, was the most physical game probably in world rugby is in the Premiership. So it was refreshing to have kind of uh, Japanese rugby players, no touch type uh, defense. <laughs> so no, I, I really enjoyed it. You you obviously carved it up over there too. You and TJ. Um, massive influence on that side. I mean, you guys were shocking the year before, but turned it around. Pretty significantly, yeah. I think um, TJ <laughs> certainly, <laughs> definitely one of the most influential players in the in the top league, and we could easily been none from four if he wasn't on the field. So, no, it was it was enjoying playing with him, and um, you know he's he's an inspiring individual. Yeah. As you, you would know, like his work ethic, his second to none is probably the best I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's hard not to question your own work ethic when you're around someone like that and it inspires you to want to be better as well Yeah. so I really really enjoyed my, my time with him What about Banksy? Oh Banksy yeah <laughs> he's uh, 
he's the opposite. Ins- ins- yeah, he's inspirational in his own own mind. But um, prison break. <laughs> yeah, his work grade on Netflix is outstanding. Um, but no, nah, he's a, he's a hell of a lad. Yeah. Um, you know, he didn't have it easy over in in Japan either. He was by himself um, in a, an apartment alone and you know he wasn't getting picked at the at the start of the season so that was tough but he fronted up every day at training always had a smile on his face mm. and always had some good perspective and and always had a good laugh with Banksy usually at his expense but, <laughs> um, no it was it was good and he came right at the end of the year when he got a chance not not came right but when he got a chance he was he was killing it too oh, so yeah. All that uh, pent-up frustration that he had <laughs> led into one big hit, which would be the highlight of his career almost, I'd say. It's, uh, it's been replayed over and over again in the team room, just leg drive, physicality. <laughs> so, um, what, the coaches were loving it. Yeah, oh, true. yeah, everyone was loving it. It's Banksy's big moment. But no, he's... He's awesome, mate. He was he was ice cold towards the back end. I think he ended up getting the start in the quarterfinal. And, yeah. You know, he's... He's been there and he's done that, so he just slotted back into the scene mostly. And the 50-metre dash between Banksy and TJ that was talked up for a while there. What happened there? I mean, we almost got it off the ground, eh? Yeah. No, there was a, there was a few dynamics that went into that. Banksy was obviously confident at the start, um, but as you know, TJ's a highly competitive person. <laughs> he was doing speed t- training pretty much every day. <laughs> Genuinely, Banksy, I reckon, probably had seven metres on him over 50 at, really? at the start. Really? No way. Yeah, he would have smoked him. Really? He would have smoked him. But you, we got live GPSs at training, and yeah. his speed times every week were getting quicker <laughs> and quicker and quicker. And towards the end of the season, they were faster than Banksy's. <laughs> sure. <laughs> So Banksy kind of went from, you know, keen as to get this race race on board to, nah, sore ankles, all sorts. Um, so, no, nah, never really eventually. Oh, I was wondering what was happening then because TJ kept pushing it out. He said, I'll do it at the end of the year, and Banksy was keen to have it early, and then Banksy wasn't keen at the end of the year. So TJ yeah. just went on the Bodie six-week speed program. And- yeah, that was it. No, it would have been, been an interesting race towards the end, but um, – you know, maybe there's there's still time for it. I mean, a bit of Moda 10 Cup. Yeah, who knows? Oh, Southland Wellington. <laughs> hey, an intercept. <laughs> Funny things that happen. Nah, after the game, it's got to be oh, great. Oh, fresh. <laughs> fresh. All right. Or before up. the game, in their warm-up. Yeah, no, well, yeah. And you're obviously wearing a lot of Under Armour gear these days, so is that um, heavily influenced <laughs> by TJ or yeah, what happened there? That's my whole wardrobe, eh? Um, <laughs> no, nah, TJ had a... A fairly decent hookup in, <laughs> in Japan, um, and you know the the bloke he is. He got around the boys and took us into the store and just said, basically, spend whatever you want for, <laughs> for free. Yeah, for free. <laughs> yeah. Fill up your bags. Jeez, what a man! Get some clothes for the missus. Um, yeah, all sorts. But you know that's just the type of guy he is. Eh? He's pretty pretty generous. Far out. That's good stuff. Eh? Got any? <laughs> <laughs> And um, you mentioned the Japan rugby. Like, what what was the difference between the Japanese rugby compared to the UK for you as a fullback? Yeah, um, well, physicality, physicality is the, the the big one. And the UK is such a different style of rugby to anywhere. Mm. Like, there's so much kicking. The weather's poor. There's a lot of box kicking. There's a lot of big men, and you know, there's not. As much space in Japan, it's probably a faster tempo. Um, probably get more tired playing in Japan. You, right. run, you run more meters, 
Um, and yeah, I think that's probably probably the biggest thing. Mm. And the training workload. People always talk about the Japanese training. So how do you find it with your dodgy yeah, knees? Yeah, at, at the start it was a it was a bit of a shock, but um, yeah, we we had a, we were pretty lucky. We we were at Dokomo. We had a um, an Aussie trainer. Oh yeah, um, he he looked after us pretty good, and he made sure the the workload wasn't company focused and more more professional. So that that was good. Savior, and how's the body feeling now? Yeah, it's good. Um, just finished my my first week of Tassie training, mm. so. <laughs> It was a bit of a bit of an adjustment, but no, nah, it's nice to have the weekend off and just just recover and get ready to go again. So, how did the Tassie um, return come about? I remember me and you always talked about both looking to finish our careers here, and weirdly enough, we have. But obviously, I'm not playing. But <laughs> we're both here, and you're ready to go. Yeah, I never would have thought that I'd be playing and you'd be coaching me at Tasman. <laughs> no, we do. It's pretty loose, but um, no, I guess. Towards the end of top league, I, I knew that we'd finish in March, and I knew that the season wouldn't start next year till January. So there was a a bit of time to fill, and you know, I think I made contact with you or, or Goody, and just kind of sniffing around to see if there was anything there. And Goody got back to me and said that he'd like to try and make something work. So straight away, I was pretty excited about the prospect of coming home and getting back into the New Zealand rugby system and just having one last crack at the Marcos. Mm. So it is a one-year one thing? Yeah, yeah, just a short-term um, contract. Yeah, it's a, it's a young man game in New Zealand. Yeah. You know, there's so many young kids coming through. and so You're the oldest, eh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am, yeah. I'm this first time in my career. I guess it had to happen at some stage, but I'm the oldest back at the moment and by quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, nah, it's cool. It's refreshing. You know, the the young boys are all really keen to learn and they're really engaged. Mm. And, um, you know, it's good to see. Well, Tim O'Malley must be close to you, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, bloody Bruce. He <laughs> broke my heart. I thought, oh, yeah. Said to him the other day, yeah, over 30s off the field. But he's like, mate, I'm only 26. <laughs> believe it. <laughs> and he's probably, what, the second oldest? <laughs> yeah, I'd say so, yeah. Jeez, you are old. And you talked about the first week. What's the What's the difference being... First week training back with Tasman compared to over in Japan. Oh, just the engagement from the boys. Like it's, I, I remember my f- first meeting. Kind of everyone was talking. Everyone was engaging. Everyone had opinions. Everyone was, you know, standing up and presenting. Where in Japan you just don't really get any of that. No, they're just too shy or. I don't know, maybe they're daydreaming or, or <laughs> a combination of both. Um, but, yeah, certainly the environment that I was in in Japan, it was only two or three people that would talk and, you know, the team meetings were, were kind of awkward, kind of kind of boring. So it's been, it's been quite refreshing coming back here and listening to everyone's opinion and seeing mm. the boys that are keen to learn. You know, they might not know everything, but they'll still share what, what they think is, mm. is right, which is good and you know, that's refreshing as well, obviously being in the UK environment. Um, we found that there wasn't a lot of engagement there either mm. due to the fear of getting the absolute piss taken out of you. Yeah, if you say something <laughs> dumb. Yeah. yeah, you'd almost find I yourself. Love banter. 
the banter is next level. You find yourself in the team meeting just waiting for someone to say something stupid so that it can be their nickname for the year. Blair like, Cowan, he was always our guy. Oh, and it's good. It is funny. It's, yeah. it's so bad, but you, you, it's easy to fall, fall into that trap. It must be a nightmare for coaches because they ask questions and no one's going to say their answer in case they get it wrong and that's them done for the year. But, um, yeah, it's been refreshing and it's been really good. Like, it's really professional mm-hmm. at Tasman. Well, well, I'd be surprised if there's a more professional setup in terms of the coaches and the detail and the game plan and how it's run. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty it's pretty on point and it's no surprise as well they've been so successful. Mm. Any of the young guys um, stand out to you? First week, anyone impressed you? I know you got a good eye for talent and potential. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of good young kids there, eh? Um, they're all obviously young and they're all raring to go. Mm. Um, don't really think it's probably a little bit too early to single oh. single out my next All Black. You know, I don't want to be let down and I don't want to burden the young fella. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how they go. But there's some exciting prospects. Oh, nice. Fair enough. So the worst thing about you coming back to Nelson, I guess, or Tasman is the fact that I have to have conversations with <laughs> half a Nelson pretending to be you. How many how many convos have you had as me since you've been back? Um yeah, just the one in the in the swimming pool. <laughs> of all places. A big James Marshall fan come on over and said, Oh hey, how are you? It's like you're James Marshall, aren't you? At that stage, you may as well just say, yep, yep, yeah, how you going, buddy, bye. But, um, yeah, not too many. Not not too oh, many good. people out Mapu away. I don't think <laughs> know the marshals out here, so it's a good little hiding spot. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, um, 45 games for Tassie, approaching the 50, the 50 club. Think you'll get there? Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure. I mean... That was part of the reason of coming home to yeah. give myself a chance, at least. <laughs> so you know, I'm here, I'm I'm fit at the moment. So um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a possibility. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how we go. Pumice bones will hold up, hopefully, mate. Hopefully, uh, I, I don't see what why not. I just need to make sure that I train well, and if I get a chance, play well. Mm. And I think the last time you were here, we had try scoring songs for. Each Marco got to choose their own try scoring song. <laughs> Do you remember that? How long ago was that? <laughs> that was not the last time. That was like, I do remember that, 2010. 2010. Oh, you got my song. Yeah, Under the Boardwalk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember it? Yeah, yeah. Probably didn't get played too often. No, nah, it got played three times <laughs> in one game, and I remember um, – the Tassie guys getting complaints about bad song choice. <laughs> oh, I never scored three tries <laughs> under the boardwalk. Yeah, well, it must have been a double. That's a strange try scoring choice. <laughs> Not <good>. well. <laughs> and obviously, the question that everyone's asked me, or they've probably asked you as well, what's it? What's it like being coached by a brother, or what's it like coaching your brother for me? So, how's it been the first week? Yeah, it's definitely a hot hot topic. Mm, everyone asked, yeah. <laughs> everyone asked, yeah. It's, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's cool, I suppose. Like, it doesn't happen happen every day. Um, and like I said earlier, I didn't think it would ever happen. But yeah, it's early early days. Haven't, uh, <laughs> haven't had too many steamy arguments <laughs> so far, which has been good. But um, no, nah, I think it'll be good. It'll be cool. Oh, good answer. I think you might make round one. Oh, eh? oh, <laughs> You've said the right things there. <laughs> so what's your expectations for the season with Tassie? 
as a team, yeah, I think it'd be awesome to win again, wouldn't it? There's certainly no reason why not. They've got the players, they've got the coaching staff, and they've got the setup. So um, I think you know I'd, that would that would be the the goal, I'd imagine. And what about you personally? What's the goals for um, Tom? Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, really. I'm, I'm, I don't really have too many goals. I mean, it'd be awesome to hit that that fiftieth game if mm-hmm. if I get the opportunity. But um, I just want to try and add value to the team as much as I can and whatever way I can. Um, it'll probably be different to how I have in the past. You know, obviously a little bit more older than a lot of the boys around, so it's just probably getting around those young boys and just giving as much help as I can and mm. try and um, give them the the best chance to to crack on. And what have you have you got anything planned up lined up for after Tassie? After Tassie, I'm heading back to Japan. Yeah, um, signed a two year deal at NEC Green Rockets. Oh, cool. Yeah, so um, yeah, looking looking forward to that. Why why the change of club? So how did the change of club come about? Yeah, so I was only on a short term deal at Docomo. I'd signed a, I think it was an eight month contract. Oh yeah. Um, I went there with the hopes and expectations of re-signing early enough. You know, tra- training well, playing well, and getting maybe a contract extension. Mm. It started off started off really well. You know, they were they were impressed with me. The feedback was good. They they said that they were pretty keen to re-sign me, and I was like, "Yep, cool, sweet." And that was kind of that. And then it got towards the end of the season, and I still hadn't had a contract, so I kind of just thought, "Bugger it, I'm gonna try my luck somewhere somewhere else." Yeah. Um, there's a couple of other factors. You know, the it, it was quite a tough tough year socially, and mm. um, the lifestyle was. Didn't overly enjoy it. Um, I knew TJ and Marty were leaving, so um, you know that was a, that was a big part of wanting to find a different club. Yeah, um, and yeah, I kind of kind of left um, Docomo with nothing, and I was lucky enough to get a phone call from Michael Checker when I was when I was back in New Zealand. Yeah, he was um, asking if I was keen to come over and. And join NEC, who he's just taken over. How did you know Checker? Just from Water Lab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's he's a big Water Lab fan. Um, no, I've I've never met Michael before. Um, I think he's had conversations with TJ in the past, and I think TJ might have mentioned my name as a as a fullback to potentially head to Japan. True. So I think I owe TJ quite a bit for that <laughs> for that contract. Closet full of Under Armour and a contract to your gig. Wowee. <laughs> Definitely, eh? Um, <laughs> Got to be grateful for old Peter Nutter-son. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to a, a new change. Um, they're based just outside of Tokyo, which will be, um, yeah, a nice, a nice change. And, you know, by all means, they're a, a pretty – uh, underperforming club at the moment, but mm. they're keen to rebuild and um, grow a grow a team over the next five years. So yeah, they were keen to get someone in with a little bit of experience and help help build a culture, which will be exciting. So Checker has obviously come up on the podcast a few times. Brendan McKibben had a couple of good stories about him. Someone else did as well. I can't remember who, but have you had conversations with him on the phone? What's what's that? What have they been like? Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I must say I did laugh at um, Brendan McKibben's stories. <laughs> it was hard case. Um, I've had a couple of conversations to him on the phone, and by all means, he seems like 
a, a good bloke, you know, pretty pretty yeah. hard case, but pretty honest as well, which, yeah. is, which is good. You know, he's pretty hard working and he, he wants his players to be, be the same. So I think he'll drive a, a good culture and I think he'll get the right type of players in as well. Mm-hmm. And karaoke with Jackie, you reckon? Oh, <laughs> nah, nah, I don't think I'll jump back into the karaoke scene. Last time I did it, um, I was with Marty Banks and we basically got the mic taken out of our hands because we, we weren't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> they take their karaoke pretty seriously over there. Were you not in a booth or were you in like a It was bar? a small karaoke bar. And oh, yeah. To be fair, the other people singing were unreal. Like they could have been on American's Idol or, or anything. And then me and Banksy, we actually got pressured into it. We didn't want to do it. And then we started singing and they were pumped up. And then as a couple of verses later, they were like, oh, no. And basically, their faces just dropped. Um, so, no, I think that's probably scarred me from karaoke. Uh, fair enough. You used to love it. Under the boardwalk. Big, big go-to. Yeah, that's the one. And Eminem Pure. Duke from memory. That was your other go-to, eh? Yeah, just a, just an ages classic, that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so with NEC, how, how long's your gig with NEC? Two years. Any plans after that? See uh, how it goes. Yeah, no, we'll just see how see how we go. I'll want to obviously try to play rugby for as long as I can and as long as the body's feeling good. Um, at the moment, it's been feeling really good. I really enjoyed my first season in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, two years is a, a lot of water under the bridge, so we'll, we'll see how we're going after that. What's your gut say? How long do you reckon you've got left? I thought you'd be done by now, to be honest, oh, but you're still going. I was pretty much done at 25. <laughs> <laughs> Second wind. To be fair, the five years I had at Gloucester was just five years of rehab to get me into really good shape <laughs> for uh, Tessie. Yeah, <laughs> building up <laughs> since I come back to Tessie. Um, so, no, but genuinely, I didn't play a lot of rugby in those five years, so yeah. it's probably extended my career, and COVID's been a saviour. Mm. You know, I was feeling pretty sore before COVID, and then this last year's been unreal because yeah. I've only played a few games. Yeah. So, oh, I don't know. We'll see how we go. 35 would be nice, wouldn't it? You might go for the Mark Bright 42 <laughs> record. <laughs> oh, Friday 42. No, the man's a freak. I don't know how anyone plays until that age. That's crazy. Yeah, shit. He was, I remember him at Tasman. He was old as, and to think it's 12 years later, he's still going. Yeah, and he was sore as well. Yeah. Like he, was, he was like a once a week trainer, captain's run type yeah. of a player. Yeah. It's unbelievable to keep yourself going for that long. Yeah, they let him go from Tasman because he was too old and he's still playing 12 years later. I think I was 19 and he was like one of the old guys. I remember now. that. KK had the conversation and said, mate, you're too old. We can't we can't keep you. <laughs> and then that following season, he was playing for England Sevens. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then 11 years later, he's still going. <laughs> he must have just been filthy at KK's words, I reckon, and just prove a point. Great motivation, yeah. There'd be a few people around the country that would have had good motivation from KK, I would imagine. <laughs> what was your best one? <laughs> I was lucky, to be fair. I didn't get too much um, on the bad side of KK. Kind of. Jeez, you did well. Yeah, oh, I know. The old mutton head, but that was, that was about <laughs> it. I probably wasn't listening in the meeting. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And you're back in Nelson and looking to join this Waterlad Brewery. We're looking to brew a beer together. How cool is that? Yeah, no, it's exciting. Exciting, isn't it? Um, what a lad, what a bear. Um, early days, isn't it? Yeah. We're probably in the fun stage of the operation. Yeah. The sampling. <laughs> sampling a good classic right now. This is a 
um, Waterland Hazy, which hopefully will be on the shelves within, a, I don't know how long the process takes, but maybe a couple of months. be good to have it going by the end of year due, maybe a Waterland Lager for the end of year due, and then yeah. Waterland Hazy's for the summer. Yeah, no, I'm sure there'll be um, there'll be a big engagement of Waterland fans, you know, all, yeah. the, all the boys that come on seem to not mind a, a brew. <laughs> it's a few few stories for sure, so no, I think it'll be cool. And Brad Weber, who does love a brew, he had you as the best diesel he's ever played with. That must, that's a huge thing for the CV. <laughs> hey? What did you do to impress him? It's a hell of a shout, that. Yeah. It is a good one for the CV when you're younger, but... You know, as you get older, it's probably not overly appealing to be labelled the best diesel. A fair bit of pressure on, um, you know. But um, I'm not sure what I did to. Oh, I've got an inkling. Could have been a <laughs> could have been a fantastic game of uh, can of hole that we we played in oh, yeah. in Hamilton one time. And yeah, it's just one of those days where you know you you put a beer back and. You just crack open another one and you... You were just on. You're just on. Some days they go down real well and mm. they were going down well that day. But, um, no. Nah. <laughs> How do they go down now? Obviously a bit older. you got a kid now, so... Oh, don't get me wrong. I still love a beer, but, you know, there's time and place. It's, mm. it's not the same waking up and having to look after a kid as opposed <laughs> to beaching all day on Netflix and Deliveroo. So, um, yeah, yeah you gotta, you got to choose your time wisely and... Um, yeah, every now and again, I like to push the boat out. Yeah, end of year do. Boys expect a big um, performance from you. Jeepers. Um, yeah, I've been listening to the, the podcast, obviously. There's a few Tassie boys that seem to go pretty keen at yeah. the end of year do. It's I think to... Nanks is after you, actually. Yeah. yeah, no, it's good to see the tradition still going strong. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be good. Did you start that tradition? No, no, it's just, you know... Tassie boys were never any good at rugby, but <laughs> we went bloody good at the end of year do, and now that they're getting better at rugby, they're still still good on the do, which is good. Keeping it strong. Yep. Yeah, good. Well, anyway, as always, we've gone to our Instagram for some questions, and we almost had a live one from Big Patty McAllister, who was going to start till 3am to ask you one, but looks like he's fallen asleep. <laughs> but we have got plenty of questions, and he has sent a lot in. Okay, first question. This one is from Paddy. He got this one in before he fell asleep. Top three lads to go on the piss with in your travels. Um, top three lads to get on the piss with. Um, yeah, there's been a fair few good dudes over in the UK. Um, I'd say started off with Thrushy. He'd mm. be one of my favourites. Yeah. yeah, he came over from... New Zealand pretty serious about his footy, not really have let his hair down too much and ended up absolutely losing the plot in Gloucester. So we had good times. And um, good Scottish lad, Matt Scott, he was always one of my favourites. Um, as you know, you probably met a few Scotsmen. They're, they're not afraid of a, a few brews. And I remember Scotty on your stag do. He was he was oh, right on. Yeah. <laughs> well and truly lost the gherkin. Uh, I don't know if he's ever recovered from that, to be fair. Fair enough. <laughs> and then I'm going to have to go four or go, like, they come as a package. Paddy McAllister and, and Ollie Thorley. Oh, yeah. Um couple of good lads that I met in, in Gloucester. Yeah, we had... Had a lot of good times with them. Um, yeah. 
good crew. Sounds like a good crew. Okay, the next one. Who would win in a fight, Ollie Thorley or a puppy? Um, definitely a puppy. Ollie Thorley. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably well. He's ex. To be fair, he's pretty aggressive on the rugby field. He's a big boy, eh? Yeah, he's a big boy, and he's aggressive, and he's 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 pretty tough on the field. But off off the field, he's he's a bit like a kitten. So it'd be a kitten versus a puppy. Which would hey, to be fair, is a good fight. Pay per view. Pay per view. Get it on. Want a game of fingers? Guess who asked this question? Oh, Sweens. Sweens loves it. Sweens loves a game of fingers. No, to be fair, that's one of my favourite drinking games. Yeah. Don't often lose. And every now and again it gets me, though. Yeah. <laughs> Sweens, did Sweens ever get you? Um, oh, nah, I wouldn't have thought so. Nah, surely not. Okay, next one. What position do you want to be playing this season? Whatever. I'd be pretty happy to slot in the 15 jersey or wherever – is available. 15. Sounds good. Thanks, coach. <laughs> 21 it is. <laughs> Can you ask him what he thinks of Poneki Premier, George Jacobs? George Jacobs. Name sounds very familiar. Mm. Yeah. Good good player. Works hard. <laughs> Decent physique on him. Yeah. He is a lad. Okay, next one. Any chance of a round of Captain Insano? Oh, someone wants to go one on one with you. Who is it? What's their size? Not sure. I've lost a fair bit of uh, wrestling confidence. Yesterday we had uh, Jiu Jitsu <laughs> as part of Tasman Marco training, and I got tapped out pretty much every single time. Um, but I guess Captain Insano is fairly niche. I'm Got a fair bit of experience behind it, so I'd probably go all right. You can't beat experience in Captain Zeno. <laughs> no, exactly. I know what I'm doing in that situation. <laughs> How come in the jiu-jitsu you didn't get it going? Oh. You should have got one of the boys right in one. Yeah, to be fair, I probably could have. You're not allowed on your feet, though. Oh, Pretty true. hard to... Knee um, Captain Insano. Yeah, do a, do a knee Captain Insano, yeah. True. Okay, this one. Why don't you stay in New Zealand and try and play for the All Blacks? Um. Yeah, I mean, I was in New Zealand four or five years, and I was trying my best to make the All Blacks. <laughs> um, but no, when I was twenty five, I was sore, very sore. Um, had real bad patella tendon, and I was probably battling for a couple of years. And to be honest, I left New Zealand and thought I probably only had a couple of years left in me. Um, lucky enough, I I got surgery and had good medical staff over in the UK that looked after me and got me back to. To full health, and then um, yeah, that's kind of how it's. And now you're here, <laughs> and and now I'm back. I'm ready for the All Blacks. <laughs> nah, and, and yeah, and now now I'm back. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing a little bit of bit of rugby. Hopefully, with without a sore knee. Would you play for the All Blacks if you had a huge Bunnings? <laughs> Would I play for the All Blacks if I had a big Bunnings? Oh, mate, would you? <laughs> um. I don't know. Like it's not something that I've thought about at all. <laughs> Plum lessons. <laughs> okay, this one. Where'd you get your fitness from? Where did I get my fitness from? Um, just from running. Ah, Rackley's box. Goody <laughs> one nil. <laughs> ah. I was like, that's a loose, weird question. Fuck. Fair play. Chop it with my diesel. <laughs> oh, fair play, Andrew. Good man. Oh, okay. Good man. That's a strong start. I knew this question would be coming. 
What's it like being the best rugby player in your family? Oh, classic. <laughs> yeah. <well. laughs> I hate those questions, eh? <laughs> Do you get it all the time? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> Me What's too. Like being the best looking in your family, the best. <laughs> Bloody blah. Yeah, it's tough, eh? Yeah. Okay. Do you think your older brother should come out of retirement and boost Nelson Club next year? Oh, 100%. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that this at the moment, but he is planning a return to play. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> Round eight, Tasman Marcos, stay tuned. We will see. I cannot even walk, mate. I'd love to put on the Nelson Rugby Football Club top one more time, but, mate, I would be doing you no favours. Okay, next one. Who's your favourite all-time Marco? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go for Shane Christie. Oh, fair enough. Absolute workhorse, you know, and and a hell of a captain. Mm. He's the guy that you want to play for. So, you know, I guess it's a natural transition into a coach because, you know, he's, he's, pretty, he's pretty intense, but – he wants to get the best out of absolutely everyone, mm. and he's he's got passion. You can just see it in his eyes. Mm. So he's he's always been pretty inspirational. It's a good option to try and, and push for that start. <laughs> Chances, <laughs> oh, good, he will be filthy. <laughs> Hardest player to tackle? Oh, 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 there's been a few. <laughs> Bussin his prime was pretty lethal. Oh eh? yeah, he got you a couple of good times there. Eh? Yeah. No, he's pretty hard. Um, Wasaki Naholo made of concrete. Mm, yeah, got me a couple of times. Dislocated shoulders. Um, I think the answer might be sitting right in front of you. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> you're searching for ter- answers. <laughs> that's a terrible picture. I got you, mate. I got you around the bootlace. No, you, you actually didn't. I broke it, but I ran into touch. No. I did. I did. Get, get the clip out, mate, and tag me on it. I tackled you around the bootlaces. Workman might ta- tackle. No, I definitely broke the tackle, but I went straight into touch. And you know what? It was such a shit play, but I was actually quietly stoked. <laughs> yeah, turnover. I would have got the turnover then, so not a bad result. Yeah. Um, but now nah, the the big boys that that can run quite fast are always quite tough, aren't they? Mm. Have you tackled Jim the Brass yet? No, I haven't. Jim the Brass. Very low centre of granite gravity. Yeah. Stocky. Rock. Fijians, yeah. Made of concrete, eh? Concrete yeah. cover. Whew. Okay, next one. Best player that you've played with? Ooh. You've played with a lot of teams, a lot of players all around the world. Yeah, a lot of, lot of good players. Eh? It's tough. Like, it's all very subjective, isn't it? Like, yeah. There's best locks, best tens. Yeah, best... Might be in front of you again. <laughs> <laughs> Now, obviously, when you're at the Crusaders, you were playing with a pretty stacked side. Carter, yeah. McCaw, Sonny Bill, all those guys. Goats. Carter's Carter's unreal. Like yeah. he's probably all round like the the best player that I've played with. Mm. He's he's unbelievable. Um, I think I was uh, at Gloucester. I was pretty lucky to play with Danny Cipriani mm. as well. He's probably the best ball player mm. that I've played with. Um. But, yeah, I think overall, overall, DC, the GOAT. What makes Cipriani such a good ball player? Don't know. I just think he's really gifted. Yeah. Like, he'll, he'll hit the right pass 
every time, pretty yeah. much. And you know, he knows. He under he's just understands the game. Like he's just such a wizard in how he wants the game to be played. Mm. Um, if he got everyone thinking like he thinks, like you wouldn't be able to stop them. But unfortunately, a lot of <laughs> a lot of players don't, and that's where the yeah. that's where the downfall downfall is, and a lot of frustration seeps in. But um, no, he's a hell of a gifted ball player. Yeah, and TJ must be floating around on that list somewhere, eh? After you've played with him, and he's hooked you up with a contract and <laughs> oh, yeah. unlimited clothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, T- TJ's unreal, isn't he? Like he's he's influential. He's definitely probably the the most the biggest competitor that I've played with. You know, mm. like he fights for absolutely everything, and he's probably not the best all round player, but man, he makes up for it with his competitive edge. And mm. when he walks out on the field, he he often more times or not, he comes off at the best player. Mm. Crazy, eh? Mm. Love that. Okay, weirdest teammate you've had? Jeez, there'd be a few of these oh, too. Oh, <laughs> weirdest teammates. <laughs> Isn't it? I don't know if every work environment's like that, but there's so many weirdos in rugby, eh? Do you reckon? I don't know. <laughs> there's always a couple of like really cooked roosters. Yeah. Um, Weirdest teammate. Ben Coman must be in and around. <laughs> ben Coman. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a real crook rooster. <laughs> um, to be fair, you're probably not going to know who he is, but I reckon he's probably the weirdest teammate I've played with. And Val Rapala Rush, Rushkin. Oh, yeah. He's a prop at, at Gloucester. Um, Where's he from? Who knows? I think he's a compulsive liar. <laughs> so one minute he's, he says he's from Georgia, but he could be from anywhere. He's one of those guys that tells so many stories, you're just not sure what what's right, what's wrong. I, I literally think he's he's got a condition where he just has to lie, um, which is interesting. But yeah, Get him on the podcast. Get him on the podcast, asking some questions. See where he takes us. God, that's a hell of a yarn. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Okay, this question is from Brad Weber. Um, would love to hear your best yarn about the big man, Whopper. Oh, the big man, Whop Deezy. Um, I was lucky enough to live with him in the Tron for two years. Um, plenty of stories. I bet. Um, unfortunately, a couple of them have got to go to the grave. But um, one yarn that sticks out for me would be the absolute stitch-up. So we used to live next door to the Mongrel Mob. Um, yeah, they had a, uh, a a dog, a, a mob dog on their letterbox type thing and they'd come out in their patches and stuff. Like Absolutely harmless, I think. Mm. You know, that, that was his family house, so there wasn't much going on there. But um, Whopper used to give me a ride to training every now and again and the friend, friendly boat he is. Big lad, you know, from a small town, always wants to say good day to everyone. Mm. So he'd always wind down the window and wave and say good day, mate, <laughs> to the mongrel mob leader. <laughs> which you know, I'd always be like, "Fucking hell, whopper, don't do that." <laughs> but it was nothing really. Yeah. But then one day we got back from uh, training and we had a note saying, "Tell your fat fucking mate to not never fucking wave to me ever again. <laughs> Otherwise, that'll be it." And so poor old Beth, it was me, Beth, and Whopper that lived in the house. Poor old Beth received the note from the mongrel mob. 
And she was ringing me pretty much in tears, looking up replacement rentals. Oh, real. (laughs) (laughs) Saying we had to move out of there. I told the big man, he's like, oh, no, they seemed all right when I waved to them. And like, all this stuff. We were fucking panic stations for for the whole day. And um, lo and behold, it was a bloody prank of a lifetime from the McKenzie brothers. <laughs> God, yeah, that's a waddlehead prank. <laughs> that's an absolute classic. It would, if it had been filmed, it would have been gold. But um, no, I can't remember what we did to Big Jim, but that was that was a payback prank and they absolutely trumped us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. What a yarn. Okay, last question, Toey. Oh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Uh, I remember when I was... Probably first year of the Crusaders. There's a good lad that was uh, Corey Flynn, an yeah. older bloke, been around yeah. a while, absolute lad. He must have been, you know, on his last couple of years, and he just said to me, after having a couple of beers after the game, he just said, make sure you enjoy the rod because, you know, it goes so fast, and, mm. and it really does. Like I don't feel like... I'm 31 now, and I can't believe it's it's been 11 years since I, I first started playing rugby professionally. Um, but I've definitely made sure I've, <laughs> I've enjoyed it. Um, so you know, I think that's important to get that balance right. You know, train hard, do your work, and then um, make sure you you enjoy yourself afterwards. And mm. yeah, I think it's a big part of the game. What do you reckon the risk is of guys taking the game too seriously oh. and not enjoying that ride? Well, they're going to get – well, I, I would, I'd think you'd get to the end of your career and you'd just be like, man, I just – Full of regrets. I've been to so many places. I didn't see it because I was too bogged up on recovering and mm-hmm. making sure that I ate the right thing and didn't experience what all the good things that rugby can give you as well. I think you've got to get the balance really right because, you know, there's a, a time and place for it. You know, you don't want to go to South Africa and put on 5 kg Lima. <laughs> and average 2.2 <laughs> milkshakes a day. <laughs> But at the same time, you don't want to lock yourself in the room because you, you're recovering on your your game ready or whatever you're doing. You you need to get the balance right and you need to enjoy it because you know you never know when your last game of rugby is going to be. Yeah, geez, that's powerful stuff from you. Uh, you've listened to a lot of what lad podcasts and you've taken a little bit of everyone's advice and just crammed it in there. It's so good. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> what a way to finish the podcast, but. Mate, really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Really looking forward to having you back, playing for your beloved Tasman Marco. Looking forward to coaching you. Stoked to have you back in Marpur and ready to put on that Tasman Marco jersey. And then, obviously, your time over in Japan in NEC. Looking forward to seeing how that all goes for you and Beth and Chase as well. So, appreciate you coming on the podcast, mate. Cheers, Jimmy. Nice to be back on here. Um, Looking forward to the season with you and maybe uh, getting some further progress with this delicious Waterloo beer. Yeah. If there's any listeners out there that have any requests or any types of flavour that they like, fire it through to the the Waterloo webpage, <laughs> website. I don't know what you're running these days. you got that many bloody things. Facebook, web, <laughs> website, sheds, studios. You'll have an assistant soon. Um, but now fire that feedback across and then I'm sure there's big things coming in the pipeline. Maybe a few exclusive Waterlad events sponsored by Waterlad Diesel. Mm. Waterlad Stag Do's. Oh, we're going places. <laughs> big things are happening in the studio.
But um, if you do have any ideas around this beer, yeah, do send them in. This like even if you're a brewer or someone who wants to make a beer and be part of the journey, get in touch and um, you can join this awesome beer which is going to take over the world because this one here man this was just a sample but wow eh? this is going down a tree oh it is nice very nice um but yeah no cheers <laughs> <laughs>